0: All right, Hebrews 10.23, thank you for standing. You can be seated for a little bit. I'll stay standing when I'm done. Uh, Hebrews 10.23, here we go, 10.23. Did I say be seated? Oh, my word, I'm sorry, stand up. I I meant to say you can be seated after the Scripture. I'll stay standing after the Scripture. That's what I meant to say. Wow, thank y'all for laughing at me because I wouldn't know. I'd just be like, rebellious church, you know, (laughs) Hebrews 10, 23, thank y'all for <laughs> putting up with me. I'm all in my emotions over here, just don't know what's happening. Welcome to Saturday, church. No, wait, Sunday, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know what's going on, at least partially. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, let's get our word open today, and we want to talk about being committed to church, to each other, and there, this is going to be a, a tough message today for many people because the spirit of the age wants to divide us And the Scripture is all about bringing us together. And there are many people today who think they can be saved without church. It is a complete deception of our hour. There are many people that say, I have my own thing going with Jesus, which is impossible. And today we're going to fight back against that spirit and help you. Because you're not going to be saved if you're not a part of the church. I promise you. It is for sure written in Scripture. If you're not a part of the church, you will not be saved. And so people don't believe the Word of God anymore. And it's our job to to stand up here and to proclaim the Word of God, no matter what the current culture is. So today we're going to fight against it, and we're going to make sure that everybody's joined in with the kingdom, and we're going to make sure that we're all going to be able to go to heaven together. Hebrews ten twenty three. let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Ooh, let's read the Bible the right way. To stir up love. Because when you get together, you're supposed to stir stuff up. But you're supposed to stir it up to love, not to anger and hate and malice and all that other stuff. That's not what the church is for. We're supposed to stir up love. That means when you get done messing with people, there's more love in the church. You can stir up whatever you want to stir up in church. Just make sure when you get done stirring it up, it's love that is the final uh, the final fruition there is love. Stir up love. Stir up good works. Mess with people so much to where they want to be. They want to do some good things. That's the kind of stirring that should happen in church. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some. There are some that will forsake the assembling of themselves together, but exhorting one another. So, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we get to the very end of time, we've got to be together more. We've got to make sure that as we see time unfolding before us, we have to be together more. Because in the end times, people be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, and people are going to want to do it their own way and be selfish and be isolated. And we've got to make sure that as everything begins to end and the end times at that day, that hour where people divide, we as the people of God have to gather together. And we can't let that spirit get a hold of us. So God help us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless. You can be seated if you're a guest today or you're watching online. Thank you so much for being here today. We want to welcome you. We want to meet you today before you leave. We're glad you're here and we hope that you will make A decision to be a part of the church. It's the best decision you'll ever make to be a part of the church. If you're watching online, we pray that you will not be an online-only person because I don't believe in online church. I believe you can watch online, but I don't believe you can belong to the church unless you go assemble with people. That's what I believe. That's because that's what the Scripture says. There are over 2,000 islands in the world. Some might say islands. If you have a cool graphic, you can put it up right now. We spent a lot of money on the screen, so let's go ahead and use it. There are big islands like Greenland. There are also some countries and even very small islands out there, but there are 2,000 islands in the world. Anybody like islands? Some of y'all are lying right now. You know if you got a free trip to an island, you know you would go in a heartbeat. Some of y'all are like, I wish I could just live on an island and just get away from everything, especially during COVID. I know y'all all wish y'all had an island. There are people during COVID, rich people were buying islands during COVID. You know, some of you are buying toilet paper. <laughs> there are people buying islands. They're like, I'll take three. <laughs> I'll take three islands because there's something about, there's something about islands that make you think that you're going to be safe getting away from everybody and getting away from everything. And there's definitely times that I would like to, and maybe you would like to fly away and get away to your own private island and just relax, and not worry about anything. Now, if you're saying amen right now, you're about to get, you're about to feel really, you're going to get rebuked in a second, so be careful. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, pastor, take me to the islands. It's going to flip on you all real fast. So you might not want to say amen. I'm just saving you a little bit of embarrassment on your pew, okay? So there are times that I would love to do it. White sands, clear water, I mean, island life, you know? It would just be so incredible. You would just think about about just monkeys walking around, just kind of waving at you, and coconuts falling, and, And just just breaking on rocks, and you just drink the juice, and, and just pineapples everywhere. Just imagine... Island life, how great it would be. Oh, man, just toes in the sand and and just island life. And, you know, Hollywood has painted a beautiful picture, except that one movie, a beautiful picture about being on an island alone and, and just just amazing how great it would be being out there. And I know some of you were tempted because you just get fed up with family and life and school and bills. You just wish you could go to your own private island island. But before you finish that thought, add the rest of it in. Because I'm a a thinker. I like to think about things. And when I see myself there stranded on the island, I think it's going to be cool for like maybe a couple hours. And then I'm going to get hungry and I'm going to get tired of coconuts. Yeah, man. (laughs) We have any Jamaicans in the house, man. Yeah, brother Matthew. Hey, man. I'm sorry. I had to do that. It's just just, I love Jamaicans. We had them in Dallas. We got them here. God wants us to minister to Jamaicans. It's the will of God. And so I just love sometimes trying to connect to them. That probably hurt my cause with Jamaicans more than helped. But uh, it, (laughs) hey, that's all right. That's all right. There's a reason they call it jerk chicken. All right. Okay, brother Matthew. All right, all right, he's over there making fun of me. All right, so, so I, I love the idea until I start to think about, about how I would get hungry and I'd be stuck on an island. I'm pretty confident people that live on islands have to have everything shipped in. Can you imagine? Like I actually thought about going to Hawaii, and I was like, but what if something bad happens and I'm stuck in Hawaii? You see, some of y'all don't worry about stuff like that. You're blessed. Some of y'all are just like, it's okay, nothing matters. You know, you don't pay your bills. You just live life. Somebody takes care of you, all right? But, but I think about stuff, and I'm like, I don't want to get stranded on no island where I can't get a hold of steak or something like that, you know? I mean, eventually I'm going to need a cow or something, and all you got over there is pineapples and coffee. And I like coffee. I could last a while on coffee. But I start thinking about stuff like being on an island and not having access to stuff, and it really makes me a little bit intimidated about the island life. I'm like, okay, what if eventually I need medical attention? I know you're not thinking about stuff like that. You're just thinking about getting away from everybody. But what if something happens, and and what if, God forbid, a coconut hits you in the head? And you're you're laying there, and you're like, you know what? I need help, but I'm stuck on this island. And all of a sudden, when you need something, that island becomes a nightmare. It's amazing how the island sounds good until you need something. It's amazing the island sounds good until you're, you're having a tough time in your marriage, a tough time in your life, a tough time in your finances. And all of a sudden that island life just starts to get real tough. You get hungry and you get sick. And all of a sudden you want someone to take care of you because you don't feel good. And then you start to regret living on the island all by yourself. You get a little lonely. You want someone to talk to you. find something and you, you start talking to a tree. And, and you try to make friends out of the monkeys. And, and you realize real quickly that you weren't built to be alone. You know, they say people that are in in isolation, in in prison, they're in isolation or confinement, that they'll begin to talk to themselves. Do you know why they begin to talk to themselves? Because we weren't built to be alone. You ever notice when you're driving down downtown Austin, you see a homeless person? You see him going. And you look around and you're like, there's nobody around. Because they've lived isolated so long, they've had to create imaginary friends. They have to talk to themselves because no one was built to be by themselves. You're going to talk to somebody. You're going to have a friend. And what's scary is when you live isolated too long, you become your own friend, your own judge, your own helper. And you can't help you when you're in trouble. And you can't get you out when you're in trouble. And you don't know how to ask you when you're in trouble because you're the one in trouble. (laughs) Two big problem with the island life. Islands have limited resources and islands are in danger of massive storms. I wouldn't want to be on an island during a hurricane. They get devastated. There are no private islands, ladies and gentlemen, in the kingdom of God. I rise to tell you today that there are no private islands in the kingdom of God, that the church was built to operate like a community, and that is the way we will be saved, by being together. (laughs) Many during COVID have have been scared. They haven't been able to be together, and uh, I'm so thankful that we're able to have church. I'm so thankful we're able to be together. It's been a horrible couple of years I'm so glad, I'm so thankful that that God has allowed us to be able to come back together because it was so tough not being together. Anybody else hate it? I absolutely hated it. Some of the worst parts of COVID are being stuck in your house all by yourself. Almost worse than the sickness is the isolation. But we must gather together, especially now in this hour because the first church was built on Somebody say togetherness. Acts 2 and 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Okay, just, just a quick note here. Apostles don't go to each individual in the city and tell them the doctrine. You have to gather to hear the apostles' doctrine. Contrary to popular belief, there's no such thing as your individual apostle that comes to your house and gives you the word. If you don't gather with the church, you don't get to hear the apostle. Number one, you've got to gather to hear the apostles' doctrine. Number two, you've got to gather to have fellowship. And if you don't like fellowship, you're not apostolic. All this talk about tongue talking, but you can't have a friend. We tongue talkers, we apostolic. And I'm like, yeah, we also need to hang out and have some fun together and fellowship together. That's just as apostolic as talking in tongues and running down the aisles. And so if you can shout and you can spit and you can throw bobby pins, but you can't make a friend, then you're not apostolic. (laughs) If nobody wants to hang out with you, not really apostolic. You have to fellowship. That's the kind of boat you need to buy, a fellowship. Get together with people. Because whenever you have the togetherness, you have the apostles' doctrine, you have the fellowship and the breaking of bread, you get to eat somebody. Say amen. That's why we believe in the church. We believe in eating. In fact, it was the only thing you couldn't do wrong for a long time in Pentecost was eat. And then we figured out you can mess that up too. Well, we can't go bowling, can't smoke. Can't dip, can't do nothing, but we can eat. Let's go eat. So for the last 40 years, people have just been eating and eating and eating, and now we're like, Jesus, help us. We eat too much. And we finally figured out we might want to be moderate on that too. Oh, it's getting quiet up in here. Tonight. Don't remember, don't, don't, y'all, don't, y'all, don't y'all forget, the first sin was eating food. <laughs> Some of y'all trying to shut down on me. Go read your Bibles. You can't, if, you can, if you can't finish the Bible, at least finish the first three chapters, okay? There's a lot there for you. So, so we had to get together to get the doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of the bread, even get to have some meals, and then in prayers. And look what happened whenever the church got together in verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done to the apostles. I just wonder, what would happen? if we could just get together in doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer meetings, if there wouldn't be some wonders and signs and miracles take place among us. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They didn't have all things in common, and then they got together. I just felt the Spirit of the Lord right there when I said that. You've got to get together to get all things in common. You see, you think you have to get, you have to get all things in common, and then you'll get together. But you don't become common until you hang out with each other. You have to have community to have common things. You've got to be together so that you can mix and mingle and you can share your personality with their personality and your strengths with their weaknesses. That's how we have all things in common because we get together in prayer meetings and fellowship and doctrine. That's what keeps us unified. We can't have a multicultural church, a multigenerational church, a multisocial church because we can't get everybody together in the same room and submit to the same doctrine. Because if you're not having tacos or hamburgers, we can't do it. But this is one church, one body, one nation, one culture. We've got to get together and we've got to eat the same kind of bread. God, help us get together no matter we're white or black or Mexican or whatever we are, poor or rich. we got to get together, and we've got to share the doctrine together. We've got to pray together. You pray in Spanish. I'll pray in English. I don't care how you talk with your small words or your big words, whether you're smart or you're dumb. We've got to get together, and we've got to be the church. Because the doctrine and the fellowship and the prayers and the bread will help us have all things in common. I'm going to go find me a church that fits me. That's not how it works. The church makes us fit. We don't fit it. It fits us. When we get in the church, it helps us get along with each other. So the Bible says in verse 46, actually, let me go back to verse 45, and they even got so tight with each other, have all things in common, they eventually got to the place where they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Well, Pastor, i like to get there. I would too, but we can't even get people to agree on the doctrine. We can't even get people to show up to church on Sundays all the time. You see, the final work of the church is when we're so unified that we can share money with each other and not be hurt and not be mad and not be like, what are you doing? You see, you never, ever get to that end game until you do all the other first, and we'll never be the apostolic church to that level until we come together with apostles' doctrine, with the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayer meetings. And so they eventually sold their possessions and goods, and they, they, they almost created some type of community system where they're able to help each other out. And I'm thankful we do a version of that in the modern-day church today, but I know that in the end times, we'll probably have to do a whole lot more of that. You see, everything that's happening right now, we're getting ready for the end times. And the only way that a body will survive in the end times is through their unity together. And that's why I encourage you right now, while Russia and China is about to invade the entire world, I encourage you right now, you might want to get in the church or you go ahead and be by yourself out there and wishing you had some friends when the whole thing collapses because you think you can make it all by yourself, you're going to find out real quick. You're going to wish you had the church in the last days. This is the best plan for the last days. This is the answer to the world corruption. This is the answer to all the politicians. It's the answer to wars. The church is the answer. Get in the church. Look at verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord. Someone say daily. Pastor, I don't know if I can make revival. That's two days in a row. (laughs) They were together daily. Daily they would go together in one accord in the temple and they'd break bread from house to house. They would use their homes for places of fellowship and ministry. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's the apostolic church model right there. And that's who we're called to be. And that's what I want to build right here at Austin First Church. I want to build the same church that worked for them, will work for us. And I know you do too. I know you want that too. And in Jesus' name, we are going to be together and not islands to ourselves. A long time ago in the church, they used to have church seven nights a week. I was probably asleep every night when that was happening because I was four. But there was a time when there was seven-night-a-week revival, and they saw miracles, signs, and wonders, and people say this, where are the miracles? And I say this, where are the church services? We, we took away commitment, and we lost the miracle. We took away our our time together, and look what we lost. We lost the miraculous because it's tied together, and you can't have one without the other. People were delivered in those services. There was great unity in the church. There were also some knockdown, drag-out fights because stuff happens in revival. But what doesn't kill us makes us stronger in the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, look what the, Paul said, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, that by those of Clo's household, that there are contentions among you. Now what's happening here is the house of Clo got sick and tired of the drama and wrote Paul a letter, kind of told on some people in church. Sometimes you just have to tell the one in charge what's happening. Paul called out the contentions. He could have told them to run and hide from each other, but instead he begged them to speak the same thing so that they could be perfectly joined together in the same thoughts and the same decision-making. There were arguments that were ranging from their favorite preacher dealing with the mother-in-law sleeping with the son-in-law. Sometimes the island life looks good. You just say, well, I'm going to run away and get away from the church because there's drama in the church and there's problems in the church. I'm going to go get by myself. But hold on. Paul said, tell the young man sleeping with his mother-in-law to get out. Everybody else has his day. I turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh and the salvation of his soul. Because God will go to great lengths to get you saved. God will go to great lengths to get you saved. Hey, parents, sometimes you just got to put him in God's hands. Wives, sometimes you got to put your husband in God's hands. And when you pray, God, I've done all I can to save this man, and you watch his health deteriorate, you watch his money fail, you watch him begin to lose everything, it's for his soul to be saved. Love him through the process. Love your kids through the process. Love your wife through the process because the Lord wants you saved more than anything else. This man in adultery, in chapter 5, he would have had no hope if it wasn't for the secret agent, Chloe, in the church and the Apostle Paul. The blessing of the body is in its ability to reveal who you are and help you get the right kind of help before it's too late. What would have happened if you would have been alone, away from the church, living in sin? Nobody would ever caught you, and you think that it's good to not get caught. But listen to me. We will all get caught one day. Be sure your sins will find you out. If I'm going to get caught making a mistake, I want to get caught in the church. If I'm going to get caught messing up, uh, I want to get caught where there can be some direction. Where there can be some hope for me. Where there can be some answer for me. If you're going to mess up, uh, mess up right here at the altar. If you're going to mess up, uh, mess up with your pastor helping you. If you're going to mess up, uh, mess up with somebody around you that knows how to get you through the storms of life. Uh, Quit isolating in your mess. Uh, The hope for you is not out there. The hope for you is in the church people like i messed up i'm leaving what you gonna do out there nobody can help you out there i messed up i don't belong in the church yes you do we know how to fix people that are broken the holy ghost knows how to help somebody that's living in secret sin the Holy Ghost knows how to get you out of that stuff and get you saved. Don't you leave because you've got some dark thoughts inside your mind. Don't you quit because you're thinking you're not right and you think everybody else is perfect. This is the best place for you. Get off your island and hear me today. You need to be in the church when you're struggling. you got to be up here with a hand on your head getting prayed for when you're struggling because your hope is to stay in the body of Christ. Let's clap our hands and give God praise. Thank him for the church. Because every man's right in his own eyes. You need to be in the church. Who's going to help you see that you're wrong when you live by yourself on an island? I'd like to present to you all today, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest salvation organization on the planet. It's called the church. It's called community. It's called togetherness. And I know some of you think that being in church makes things worse, but I've come to tell you it's the only way to be saved. There's a purpose for it, that our God made it. It's not an error. It's not a mistake. In fact, because it's not perfect, it's best for us. Because we're not perfect, you feel like coming. If we were perfect, we'd have nothing to say to people who are broken and busted. But because there's somebody like you, because there's someone with your story and your baggage and your tattoos and smoke on the breath, there's hope for the world. Thank God for the church today. Romans 12 and 3, for I say that through the grace given to me to everyone who's among you to not think of himself more highly than ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but we are all members, do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members one another of one another. Look at verse 12, for as the body is one and as many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Somebody say one body. Whether you're a Jew or a Greek, it doesn't matter. Whether you're a slave or you're free, it doesn't matter. We've all been made to drink into one spirit. Some translations say it like this. We all shared the same cup at baptism. You don't like the backwash, but it's what you get when you get in the church. you got to share your spit. And I have shared lots of spit over the years because of this microphone. We only had one preacher mic back in Dallas, and after he got done using it and I had to come up there and say something, it would touch my lip just barely, and I would just smell and taste and everything, the lip. And then I have to get up and be spiritual after all that, y'all. It's like third-party kissing. Yeah, see some of y'all, y'all, y'all are like, oh, I just can't y'all. I'm I'm in this thing, y'all. It's in my DNA literally. I mean I am I am in this thing. I know what it's like to share. I know what it's like to be a part. This is the church. We're one body. Hey, hey, Ephesians 4:15. but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part uh, makes increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Somebody say we're fitly joined together. If Christ has a body and that body is made up of people, you have to be with those people to fit in the body of Christ. People, people uh, are, are, are not right, so I'm going to get closer to Jesus not being around people. Uh, you're mistaken. Christ lives in the body of Christ. The body. Christ lives in the body. You only have half of a walk with God if you don't have a church. Because if you're not with the church, you're not with all of God. Don't you know that that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead? That this is more than just spirit, but it's flesh. And if you're not around people, you're not in the church. Oh, I'm in the church. I just don't go to one. You're not in the church. Hear me today, you're not in the church if you don't have brothers and sisters that sit around you every week and, and they, they sharpen iron with you and you talk about Jesus and pray and have the apostles doctrine. You're not in the church. You're being deceived. You're doing that because you like the island life and you think that if you get around people, it'll be worse. It's not worse. It's good for you. You need to see yourself. You know, what you need you need somebody to mess with you every now and then. It's good for you. It's good for you to get mad every now and then. Pastor, we got church problems. I'm like, good, good. Somebody's mad at somebody, good. That's good. They thought they were saved, (laughs) and they know they're not now. I've been trying to tell them for years that they ain't saved. They know now. See, the the reason why this thing works so good is because we do get on each other's nerves. You need that. You need to be mixing with people. That sometimes don't like you because you need to find out whether you're real or not find out if you're really in the church find out if we're really together or not we're fitly joined together and if if Christ has a body then I want to be in that body if you're not together then you don't fit in the kingdom of God it is the will of God for me to be with you and you to be with me the body of Christ is the church and you disconnect from the church you disconnect from Jesus I worship at home. I have five pastors online. They don't know you and you don't know them. Look, there's no sheep watching shepherds online. Bah! You're supposed to follow your shepherd. You, can't fo- you can follow his channel. You can't follow your shepherd. You got to be in the church to do it God's way. There are no Christian islands. The Holy Ghost first poured out on a gathering. Somebody say amen. Holy Ghost first poured out on a what? A gathering. Holy Ghost first poured out on what? Not an individual. A church service. A gathering. A unified, one mind, one accord gathering. Hey, y'all, they were in one mind and one accord before the Holy Ghost ever poured out. Don't you tell me you need the Holy Ghost to be with me. Jesus said if we would gather and touch something in agreement that he would be in the midst of us. You can't even get Jesus in the midst of you if you ain't getting around somebody else agreeing with them in Jesus' name. I agree with my television set right now. Whatever that preacher said, I touch it and agree right now. That's it. Hold out and touch that screen right now. There's going to be a miracle come. Agree through the television set. Agree. Touch your computer, your phone right now. As I touch the airwaves, you're touching the phone. And there's going to be something happen as I connect to the microphone and the camera. The Bible says that we have to be together, together, literally, physically. That's not like, hey, man, what's up? Well, we're going to touch together. The, you touch the carpet, I'll touch my carpet. It's the same thing. The, the Bible says you've got to get together. There's something special about getting together. There's some, y'all know some of y'all that try to fix problems over text, it don't work good. I think more and more of us are getting sick of text. We're getting tired of it because you can't figure out what somebody means. you got to put emojis every five seconds just to try to, to, to share that you care about them still because there ain't nothing like being in person. There's nothing like feeling the spirit. Nothing like knowing that voice and watching the emotions and the face. We've got to be together so that Jesus can be in the midst of us. Jesus explained how the shepherd would stay with the flock unless one of the sheep would stray, and then the Bible called that sheep lost. He would then have to leave the 99 to go after the one. And remember, the one was lost. Because if you're not with the, then you're. I'm just so glad I'm that one sheep that has Jesus looking for me. So so listen, hold on, let me finish this. If you're the one sheep out there and Jesus is looking for you, you're lost. Until he gets you and brings you back, you're lost. You're called the lost sheep. If you're not with the group, you're lost. Do you understand that everything in the New Testament talks about salvation being connected to us having togetherness and assembly? There just some things you can't even do on your private island. Jesus said, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. Who do you call? The monkeys? What do you Well, Bible says, call for the elders. Who's the oldest gorilla? Mm. What do you? Some things you can't even do on your private island. I did not premeditate that, by the way. Says in my notes, act like monkey in front of church. Make them laugh. No, it's not there. Some things you can't do on your private island. Paul told the Corinthian church use the gifts of the Spirit to build each other up. How are you going to use the gifts of the Spirit by yourself? I said, I have a word of wisdom for me. Go to church. <laughs> how, are you going to use the, how are you going to use the gifts of the Spirit? The gifts of the Spirit are not for you to work on you. That's the Holy Ghost is for. The gifts of the Spirit are for you to edify somebody else. You can't even work in the gifts of the Spirit if you're not with your church. Prophecy, healing, miracles, faith, words of knowledge and wisdom, these all happen when you're together with somebody else. That's what they're for. Most of the New Testament letters were written to the church, y'all, not to individually. You couldn't even have heard the Bible if you was back in the day in, in the first church because if you don't go to church, you don't get to hear the letter. You wouldn't even know how to live for God if you weren't in church back in the day. See, now you just watch online. I'll catch you up later. But back in their day, you had to be together to be the church. And, and don't fall in love with online, because that can all go away like that. Don't let that be your crutch. Hey, y'all, y'all realize they're already flagging our videos, taking our church videos offline, because we use all of their their road systems to put it out there. YouTube is notorious for for knocking videos off if they say certain things that are against the against the culture, popular opinion. We can't fall in love with this stuff, this technology. We can't, we can't do that. We're going to have to be together. People always come to the church asking for money. They act real Christian when they're asking for money. Oh, sir, Pastor pastor Bishop. Pastor Bishop, I'm a brother also, just like you, brother. I love Jesus just like you. Uh, what had happened was 15 minutes go by, a story, a horrible story. Worst story you could ever, ever hear your whole life. If I could just get $15. I'm like Bro, you need a million dollars, first of all, to fix what you just told me. If I just get I just need some gas money, sir. And they're so polite. They're so nice. As soon as you say, I'm sorry, sir, we already give the donations here, here, and here. We already do a lot of that for members of our church. We do all that. Well, blankety-blank then, sir. You know what? You're a nothing. You're out of here. I thought you was a... I'm sorry. I thought you was a Christian five minutes ago when you asking for money, and now all of a sudden you're you're a devil. What's? I I always ask people that act like they're Christians and they want something. Well, really, what church do you go to? And they're like, well, I I go to the uh, first cardinal bishops of the uh, the assemblies of Pennsylvania. Like you live here, but well, I just got here from Pennsylvania. I'm like, okay, what's your pastor's number? Let's call him and you know let's get him to help you. Oh, well, I, I see, I lost my phone. What's the website of the church? Let's look it up. You know, I can't remember the website of the church. Be honest with me. You ain't got a church. You don't have a church. You're in trouble, and if you had a church, somebody would probably help you. But you wanted to live on your own, and then you want to come run to the church whenever. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants to keep you out of the body when everything's good and then he'll break you. And then he wants you to just hopefully maybe come in at the last second and try to make friends and have have all these connections and that's the lie of the enemy. You get in the church when the sun is shining. You get in the church when it's not a bad day. You make friends today before you have cancer and before you have bill problems. Don't roll up in here being like, I knew better all those years, but I'm just going to just now need you so I can get my bills paid. You need more than your bills paid. You need to have the fellowship, the apostles' doctrine. You need all that the church has to offer you, not just $15. You're missing out on eternity few more here before we close. Pastors exist to watch and guide the church members, and I can't watch people that are not here. Pastor, why do you keep telling us to be at church? Why are you worried about us not being at church? Because I can't pastor you from a distance. I wish pastor wouldn't keep telling us to move closer to the church. It's like he really cares about us, and it's like he wants us to be around or something. I just wish he would not like us so much, you know. I don't understand why pastor keeps saying let's move over here. It's a- as if our church is like our eternity. It's like it matters a whole lot or something. I just wish you would stop harping on me. Yo, I I believe in being together. I believe if you can move somewhere, move maybe halfway between here and your job, but you need to be connected to the church. I'm doing this for your good because I know you need it. All right, here we go. Paul told the Galatian church in Galatians 6 and 1, Brethren, watch the beauty of the church. You ready? If any man be overtaken in a fault, those of you that are spiritual, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering yourself, lest you're also tempted. Bear or lift up one another's burdens. So fulfill the Lord. Two things should happen when we're in church. And you have to have this culture in your church or people won't want to come to it. You have to have this culture. Two things should happen when somebody fails in the church. Number one, the fallen should have meek helpers that are spiritual enough to be around them and not also fall. Number two, the helpers should learn from the failure so that they don't follow in the same footsteps as those who have just fallen. And I know that we don't like the drama, but we sometimes need the drama. We need to learn to work some things out, and only the Holy Ghost can work some things out. We need to learn to use the Holy Ghost or find out if we lost the Holy Ghost. God, help us in the church be able to be spiritual enough to lift up those who have a fault. Pastor, I don't want to go to church because I got a fault. This is the best place to go if you have a fault. But where are the spiritual ones who can restore somebody who's fallen? When a church finally gets enough spiritual people to be able to lift up people who are falling, this place becomes addictive because you know that you can make it if you can stay in church. You know that if you slip or you fall, your brother will lift you up and pick you up. And that's the power of the church is God help us be spiritual to where if someone falls around me, I have the anointing and the power to lift them up. If you're spiritual, you don't just shout. You don't just run aisles. If you're spiritual, you can restore somebody who mess up. Lord, help us to be the church. Help us to be the real church. I hear it all the time. I'm almost done I'm about the clothes. It's uncomfortable at church sometimes dealing with difficult people. I'm not good at social skills. I don't have that kind of personality. I don't like talking. I don't know if I believe the talking part. It seems like people that are quiet get really loud if you get on their soapbox, or, or maybe they get really loud one on one. But I've noticed this everybody wants to be a part, everybody loves attention. Everybody was designed to be together. But we hear all the time, it's so uncomfortable being at church. I just, I just don't know. You need to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You need to have somebody around you that's not like you. You need to have a pastor that will correct you the right way. Because your daddy never did. Doesn't mean that I can't. The church is the hope for a broken world system and family system. Because we get to do it right here where you never saw it right. We do it right here. That's why this pastor is very strong on how we treat each other. This is the church. This is not your house. There's a certain way we treat each other here at this church or don't come to this church. We were like, come as you are. Okay, yeah, come as you are, but don't come here trying to hurt people. That's not okay. You can't come up in here living here and trying to hurt everybody all the time. This is a safe place. That's why there has to be submission. There has to be order. Because we're not going to have your house here. This is God's. This is His way. This is the church. We're the family of God. We're not dysfunctional. We're not abusive. We're the family of God. He is our Father. And we're going to do it right in this church. Because there's so many people that are broken and hurting that they want to come here. So for those of you who say, I just want to come to church and be comfortable, I want to tell you that's not going to happen. You're going to be uncomfortable, but you can have hope today. For the Bible says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is a comforter. So when somebody's messing with you, you're going to be okay if you have the Holy Ghost power inside of you. Somebody talked about you, you're going to be all right if you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. Somebody messing with you, you're going to be all right if you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got comfort in you, and you can take it, and you can make it. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're always going to be mad or offended. at something. Somebody say, Alan. So in our text today, as I'm, I'm wrapping it up, The writer of Hebrews encourages them to continue meeting up together so that they can stir up love and good works. That's very intentional. You have to be very intentional as a member of a church to stir up love and good works. You should make it your priority when you gather in church to make sure everything you do stirs up love and good works. That means fruit. That means production. That means when you get done, something good is going to happen. It might not be an easy road to get there, but it will end up being there. It will produce it. He then says, some are starting to not show up anymore in our text. Some people are starting to give up and not gather. Why? Because they had a football game. Maybe the Super Bowl was coming up soon. Why? Why were they not gathering? What would cause them not to gather? They weren't busy like we are. And they don't have all the cool things we have, not in their day. What would cause them to no longer want to gather together? That's what I asked the Lord. And then I began to realize the day they were living in, they were under constant persecution. Huh, I don't know if I can make church, it's going to be a sacrifice. Really, it's going to be a sacrifice making church. They struggled in their day because if they were gathered together in the name of Jesus, they could quite possibly in their hour be imprisoned, persecuted, beaten, killed for it. This is real talk today. I'm not making this up. (laughs) And it's hard for us sometimes to come to church. It's hard for us to gather, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I like those people over there. They Last week they told me they didn't like my outfit. The persecution's real at Austin First Church. Sometimes people try to come grab me and pull me out of my pew and pray with me. It's like, what is up with these people? It's just tough going to church, you know? I got to wake up at like at least nine. rest, which I'm assuming you're going to do anyway, I hope. It's just so tough. You know, that church has so many services. Oh, wait, no, we've, we've got two, two a week. And their day, they literally were risking their lives to go to church. Here's what he said in response to possibly being killed for it. I don't care. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. But but, but wait, wait a minute, wait. We could get killed. It doesn't matter. It may cost you your life. It may cost you your freedom. But what you gain when you get together is much greater than what you could lose. God, help us build a church where people would rather go to it if it costs them their life. God, help us build a culture and environment that is so much like the first church that it doesn't matter what people have to give up to get there. There's something about it. I can't, I can't make it if I'm not with the people of God. I can't make it. I'm not, it's not right. Something's missing in my life. I'm not at church. I know what it's like to pray by myself at home. I know what it's like to be alone and have prayer meetings. But I also know what it's like to come in this place on Sunday and to walk in that door right there and have the music begin to go and the people begin to worship. And I look across the room and I see people who are battling and struggling and have issues and pain. And I see you lift up your hands and begin to worship. And in that moment, we begin to touch and agree. And all of a sudden, you can feel something that you can't feel by yourself. Somebody testify right now. You know why I'm talking the truth today. There's something special about gathering together. There's something special about being together with my brothers and my sisters. I get something being with you that I don't get by myself. He created the church, and he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church ladies and gentlemen the gates of hell might prevail against you but they won't prevail against the church i understand your temptation to not be in church i understand what it's like to say you know what i think i'm just going to sleep in i just I don't want to pass that brother one more time. He's supposed to have the Holy Ghost. Supposed to have. I just don't know if I can take those people. Hypocrites. Look in the mirror and make sure you're not as equally evil. Make sure that you have true love and forgiveness. Don't call everybody else names because we need somebody spiritual to walk up in this place and restore somebody who is broken. Two people belong in church. Spiritual people and non-spiritual people. Who goes to church? Everybody. Everybody. Whether you're spiritual or whether you're broken, this place is for you. I'm too spiritual for church. No, you're not. This is where we need you most. I'm too broken for church. No, you're not. This is where we need you most. There is no one too spiritual to miss church, and there is no one so far from God they should miss church because right here in this place, we can fix both. We can help the person who has a gift and nowhere to place it, and we have someone over here that's got nothing to offer and needs to receive. Only in the church that Jesus designed can we truly be saved. You will not be saved without a church, without a pastor without a brother and a sister. He's coming back for the... He's not coming back for you. He's not coming back for you. He's not coming back for your family or individuals. He's coming back for the church. If you get in the church, your feet will rise up one day and you'll float off into heaven one day in the rapture. But you got to get in the church. He said, I'm coming back for my bride. There's only one bride. It's only one bride. It's a spotless bride without wrinkles or blemishes. There's just one that's totally kept herself from the world. You got to be in the church. And the reasons why you don't like it are the reasons why I do. Want to go somewhere easier? You don't need easy. You need to learn to be right. Just sick of having to submit all the time. I know. But it's good for you. It's good for you to have a a pastor and pastor's wife. It's good for you to know that you're not just doing whatever you want, living in an island by yourself. God help us on Commitment Sunday to make a commitment to being together at any cost. Together if it hurts. Together if there's persecution. Together if there's death. It doesn't matter what it is. Enough excuses. We've got to be together. I'm not called to be with family on the earth. I'm called to be with spiritual family in the church. Pastor, my weekend's are reserved for seeing my family. No, it's not. You can't miss church. It's so easy to find excuses. Well, you know, I got to go. I got to do this. No. You need the church. You don't even realize it. Oh, help us, God, right now fall back in love and make a commitment today with just simply being together. Spiritual and non-spiritual. We need to gather in touch, agreeing on the same things. One mind, one accord, and the apostles' doctrine so that we can have that breaking of bread and we can have prayer meetings and we can have fellowship together. This is the will of God for us in the name of Jesus. Can we lift up our hands right now? If you feel like shedding a tear, then you can open up your heart and your emotions and maybe fall back in love with not just Jesus. You don't love Jesus if you don't love the church. He said the first law is love me, but the second is like the, like the first. You've got to love your neighbor. He said, "All the law and the prophets hinge on these two commandments, the first two commandments, the first two commandments. It It is our vertical and our horizontal. Don't just love Jesus. It's impossible to say you love him and you walk with him if you don't love being around people. This should be your prayer right now. God, help me fall in love with the church. Help me fall in love with the church. Help me be a part of it to fix what's wrong. Help me not just be a part of it to see what's wrong, but to be a fixer, to be a fault finder and a fault fixer, to lift up those who are hurting, to lift up those who are broken. I want to fall back in love with the church. I want to make the old-fashioned commitment that grandma and grandpa made to go to church, whether it's hell or high water, whether it's snow or sleet. I'm going to do my best to get to the church. I need it. I need it. I need the body of Christ, not just the spirit of Christ. I need the human element of God. It's the hope of the world. It's the hope for your brokenness. What's the point, Pastor, hanging around you spiritual people? Because we haven't always been spiritual. We know what it's like to make mistakes. We know what it's like to do wrong. We understand marriage issues and parenting issues and pornography. We get it. We know how to help you. So stay in the church. Half of us will hurt you. Half of us will help you. But it's all going to be good for you. Oh God. Oh God, help us make a commitment today in the name of Jesus. I don't want to beg people to come to church. I don't want to have to call people and say, please come to church. I feel like something's wrong if I have to beg people. We should love it so much like our elders did. Anybody else sick of the world? I want to be in the church. I'm sick of not trusting leadership. I want to have leadership I can trust. Oh, God, we need you. Can we gather at this front today all together as a church family and just... Just link up together in the name of Jesus. I think enough of us have gotten through COVID. We need to come down here and link up. Come on down to the safe place, the safest place in the whole world right now. Come down to the safest place in the whole world right now. Push past the awkwardness of the crowd. Push past the awkwardness of your personality. Push past the, I don't know if they know me. I don't know them. Push past it all, and let's come down here together, and let's link up together, and be close together, and let's just feel the energy of the body of Christ, because as the Spirit begins to flow through them, it flows through me. We can be a chain link of anointing. We can be a flow of vessel. He died for us. He built the church. He made a way. This is the vehicle of salvation. I want to be in the church. I want to love my brothers and sisters. I want to handle drama, handle pain. I want to see love in everyone. Oh, God. Uh These people aren't like me. They can be. If you'll gather, they can be. I just don't have any friends in church because you're never around enough to make any. We've got to be in we've got to be purposeful, intentional. Sit down with somebody in the church, open up the apostles' doctrine, break up some bread, fellowship and pray, and I promise you, you'll start to have something in common for the first time with someone in the church. God's way works. Ladies and gentlemen, God's way works. you can't take it away. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak against the spirit of the world who says isolate and quarantine and not be together. We've survived it. We've overcome it. It didn't break us. It didn't kill us. We rise up again today to say no. We resist that spirit that divides us. We resist racism that's tried to come into our world not in here, not at Austin First Church. We resist the battle of rich and poor, not in this church. The rich and poor will be best friends in this church. The poor won't beg for money from the rich, and the rich won't step on the poor because we are the real church. It's not educated and uneducated. It's just the church. Some of the best lessons I've ever learned has come from people like brother Ray, who wasn't maybe very educational, but he taught me how to push through his problems. The church is a beautiful thing. Thank you God for the kaleidoscope of colors thank you God for the kaleidoscope of Christianity that I look through it and I see such a beautiful thing that you're building God Jesus said all men will know you're my disciples based on how you love each other if you're not around each other you can't love each other and the world can't know that you're a disciple (laughs) if I'm talking to you right now Will you fall back in love with this thing called church that is the body of Christ? It's the human element of the spirit. It's the flesh part of the spirit. It's the imperfect of the perfect. I want him, but I don't want his body. I want him. Just don't want to be in the bride. Come to the altar. Gather with your brothers and sisters. Let us pray together in one mind and one accord. As I have preached the apostles' doctrine right now, we fellowship in prayer. Come on, let's lift your voice up. Let's fellowship in prayer. Let's call out the name of Jesus. Let's speak. And let's let this thing reverberate uh, and bounce off each other right now. As you get louder, your brother gets louder. Your sister gets louder. As you pray, they pray. And you feel the energy in the room. And you feel the sending and the coming. And the back and the forth. And the ebb and the flow. And you lift your voice. And you grab somebody's hand. And you begin to feel the power of God. Because this is the fullness of the gospel. Oh, I feel the anointing of God right now. and see it, wonders are still